You're listening to Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Welcome back to Marketing Matters here on Business Radio Sirius XM 132. I'm Barbara Kahn, the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing, and I'm joined by my co-host, Americus Reed, the Whitney M. Young Jr. Professor of Marketing and the Brand Identity Theorist. And now in our Spotlight segment, I'm thrilled to welcome Rafiq Lawendi, who's the head of marketing for Snack Nuts for Hormel Foods. Hello, Rafiq. Hi, Barbara. Hi, Mr. Reed. Pleasure to be with you guys. Great to be well, with you as well. Really great to have you. Yep. And you're in charge of Snack Nuts for Hormel Foods. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Hormone, Hormel Foods, what they're known for, because they're known for classic brands. And then in particular, you're part of their world. Absolutely. So um, Hormel Foods obviously is um, uh, very famous to, to being a, a meat company with um, very big brands, you know, in, in the industry. And obviously the quality of uh, Hormel uh, meats is, you know, very known. So we have big, you know, big brands like Spam, um, Hormel gatherings, um, and the, the, while the company has really had, you know, a long history in meat, um, in the last ten years it has really diversified its portfolio, strengthening its uh, meat um, stronghold with acquisitions like Applegate and Columbus, hmm. and diversifying, um, you know, its its protein by with plant-based protein uh, brands like Skippy. Justin's and now Planters. So um, we're pretty excited to become part of the, you know, family um, uh, of Hormel um, and kind of excited for the future that the biggest acquisition kind of, in, you know, one of the biggest acquisitions in the last 10 years in food um, is, you know, is coming to fruition. So that makes a lot of sense. I mean, for, for sure, I think everybody knows spam. Like that's what I think of Hormel Foods. At first, I think of spam. So that's meat oriented. But you're now positioning it as protein. Um, so like healthier snacks. And the acquisitions have been going in that direction. I, I think that's what I'm hearing you say, right? It's in the notion of healthy protein-based, plant-based snacking. Yeah, what's what's pretty exciting about this acquisition? It it opens up, um, you know, two big doors for Hormel. One is into the foray of snacking. So we while we do have amazing brands and and you know big food capabilities, but Planters now offers a stronghold in snacking that we can kind of start, you know, bringing protein forward snacking, both plant and meat based, um, into the future. And then the second piece is really a big, uh, you know, stronghold fold into C store, which is the doorway to you know, snacking on the go. And so convenience that, stores that convenience stores, basically, yes. So so that basically opens up, um, you know, huge opportunities for our total portfolio of, of brands and, and food to really um, step into snacking in a big way. You know, the reason I brought up the sense of humor about spam and I because I think it's true for for Mr. Peanut and those kinds of things, too. What you're really talking about is taking foods, which some people might think of as commodities and branding them and branding them seriously with certain expectations around them. Right. So you can think of lunch meats, you know, as just a deli meat or you can think of it as branded deli meat. And similarly with peanuts or whatever these other protein snacks are. The idea of really branding these 
these products and getting um, and they're not necessarily in, in packaging. They could also be loose or whatever else. They have a really strong brand identity. I think that's in the DNA of Hormel. Is that? hundred percent. The DNA of Hormel is all about really quality. And, and our, our mission is around inspired food and inspired people. And so we bring it through everything we do. And we are very known for quality across everything. And in the last 10 years, with all the, the you know very strategic acquisitions that were made, we were able to continue to bring those quality foods through, um, you know, a balance of uh, new brands that we brought to the table that address different consumers' needs, like Skippy's, like Justin's, like Columbus, and Applegate. But then also really continue to grow legacy brands that are, you know, known and you know, U.S. staple brands like Spam. To your point, mm -hmm. so interesting. We're that, but when in both cases, we continue to really deliver the promise of you know best quality food out there. Interesting, Rafiq. Let me just jump in really with a couple of really quick questions here. This is super interesting. I want to uh, you, I would like for you, uh, Rafiq, to address two uh, issues. One is, and Barbara sort of alluded to this a little bit, and you started to, I think, to answer this, but it's the idea of snacking. Right. So now that we're in this world now, if you got to be healthy and, you know, intermittent fasting and blah, 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 and fasting, <laughs> and all, you know, all this stuff. It's like so but snacking becomes something like that's at least in, in some circles is a bad thing. Right. And so, of course, maybe the answer to that is, OK, well, how about healthy snacking? So I want you to comment on that. But I also want you to comment on just that general idea that is represented by that question, uh, Rafiq. And that is to say that uh, the, the trend uh, of how, how do you stand out if your premise is we are high quality? I mean, isn't everyone going to claim that they're high quality? How do you stand out and really make yourself, you know, your your house of brands really be seen as really well differentiated in this sort of trend of, I guess, healthier sorts of quote snacks? I, I love the the question and I love the the nudge. And so let, let me take it maybe one by one. So obviously, if the last two years with COVID <laughs> have taught us anything, it's one, we're not really bored to stay at home. So <laughs> snacks do have a big role in supporting yes. that lifestyle outside of home and, you know, fulfilling um, consumers' needs for that on-the-go, uh, you know, uh, nutrition. Wait, let me, let me just unpack that. That's an interesting thing. So you're defining snacks as specifically for on-the-go. Absolutely not. So oh, my, not. my second okay. piece is obviously we've spent all, you know, too much time at home in the last two years. And oh, okay. <laughs> we saw through those two years is basically a lot of people actually continue to actually snack more. So some <laughs> yeah. would yeah, actually- I was going to say, <laughs> I don't just snack out at home. Yeah, exactly. So it, at home, people have started to definitely snack more. So some would just, you know, be snacking more because of boredom and, you know, there's just not much to do. And so, you know, they defer to their snacks to really entertain the day. Others have been actually more kind of mindful and purposeful about the way they eat and have been kind of moving to smaller, more nutritious, you know, um, meals versus the traditional kind of three big meals a day. Mm -hmm. And so in both those cases, interesting, healthier, to your point, healthier, more nutritious snacks is the thing that consumers are starting to look for more so than the traditional, yeah. you know, snacks that would probably be very delicious and deliver big on taste, but mm. not as much on nutrition and not as mm. much on clean process. And that's mm. where the total Hormel portfolio comes in to play very nicely. We, starting obviously with planters, but also with our nut butters brands and with our protein forward meat brands, 
this is snacking that is nutritious, full mm. of protein, full of nutrients. It's the equally delicious and craveable with so much flavor, so much texture to deliver on and very clean. You know where it's coming from. You, you know, for nuts, obviously it's coming from the earth. It's very clear. It's very simple processing to make it delicious. And there's so much textures and flavors that you can actually offer and deliver on. In addition to that, consumers are also starting in their snacks to look for not just, you know, one ingredient or one nutrient like, you know, potato chips historically. They're now looking at actually having a more sophisticated snack, you know, and something that offers a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And mm. that's where the total portfolio of, um, you know, meat and cheese, uh, meat and, and nuts um, and nut butters from Hormel um, really is, you know, poised for, for growth. You know, and to America's point and all the fad diets, intermittent fasting and all those other kinds of things, a lot of those diets or, or people who are giving you nutritional advice do suggest you eat like protein-based snacks because right. they're more filling. So 100%. I think a lot of this health and wellness trends is pushed. You're right on trend, let's just say. You know, I think you're mentioning several trends. One is, you know, eat healthier, eat smarter, and also clean sustainability. It sounds like that's part of your messaging as well. A hundred percent. And it's, it's all about just you, you need your snack now to, to work harder. You know, and so the the empty snacks won't do the job anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, and so regardless of what, you know, nutrition, you know, you're following, whether it's that aggressive intermittent fasting or, or something else like the you need your snacks to work harder for you. And, and that's what we can offer. That's interesting. I'm Barbara I was just gonna, Khan. Sorry, go ahead, Barbara. Sorry. I was just going to reintroduce us. I'm Barbara Khan, along with America's Reed. This is Marketing Matters. We're joined by Rafik Lawendi, who's the head of marketing um, for Snack Nuts for Hormel Foods. And he's talking about some of the latest acquisitions that Hormel Foods have done, including uh, Planters and Mr. Peanut, and also the general trend in snacking, which is towards healthier, more protein-based snacks. Um, and cleaner snacks that are, offer more sustainable alternatives. Americus, you had a question there? Uh, just, it's just interesting. Something popped into my mind, Barbara, and I want to get your uh, perception on this as well, Rafiq. And it was the idea is like, wow, my, my mental model just kind of switched up, Barbara. Uh, it was the word snack that I was getting hung up on. And when you, when you framed it out the way you did, Rafiq, it made me feel like, wow, actually, this is perfect for an intermittent fasting feeding window because you're, you're, you're going <laughs> to eat all the food in this one time, time horizon, right, Barbara? Dense. And it's <laughs> dense. So like, yeah, I need, I need a quote, I need the snack. I need a little bit of this meal, another two or three more snacks. I just, those four hours, I need to be basically just eating constantly. So it works actually quite well. It's, it's sort of like innovating the entire category. What are your uh, thoughts, Rafiq? A hundred percent. I mean, that's that's the whole piece. And uh, at Planters particularly, our promise and our purpose is, is around this idea of bringing substance to snacking. And so you don't need to worry about, you know, empty snacks or, you know, having to compromise. You can actually now be very comfortable with your mindful choices and purposeful snacking choices when you're picking nuts. And the beauty of nuts is is, is few things. One, it's there's just so many of them and so many textures and rich flavors and the category has so much leeway to actually develop into flavors and also develop into a packaging that works for you know different occasions and different moments in the day and so there, there's a lot to play with there the other piece is you know you have peanuts which are very affordable and you know full of protein and really good for the earth a very sustainable story around you know using really little water regenerative agriculture and just really good for you and full of protein. And you have the more, you know, interesting nuts like the cashews and, 
you know, the mixed nuts, which kind of offer, you know, more, more interesting texture and, you know, are a bit more premium. And so you, you have the, you know, the full array of, of offerings and there's so much to do with, you know, with nuts. So let me take this on a different, uh, so I think we kind of covered nuts and healthy nuts and uh, snacks and that whole idea. So, but this is marketing matters. So I'm really interested in the marketing and you now have a very interesting in my mind brand to play with. Uh, and I'm curious to know some of your branding decisions along the way. So if you look, you have uh, Mr. Mr. Peanut, uh, planners, Mr. Peanut, right? Now that is a nostalgic, iconic brand. I mean, I can picture it. I know exactly Easy. what he looks like. Easy. I love that old brand. And I'm curious how much you're going to lean into the nostalgia or develop a new brand or uh, like what your philosophy yeah. is on developing right. this incredible asset. I mean, it's an, it's a very right. well-known brand. Maybe just to me, I don't know if it's the older people know about it and the kids don't, I'm not sure. Um, but what is your plan? How much nostalgia, how much new, what, what are you thinking? Barbara, there's a lot in there, but absolutely what you're saying is true. The Mr. Peanut is, is an icon and a legend that represents a brand that's been there for 116 years old. So the, the brand and Mr. Peanut have both been kind of part of people's lives as they grew up, you know, and has that very deep and meaningful connections and has really connected generations for a long time. And the, the big proof point for that is, you know, if you remember a couple of years ago when we killed Mr. Peanut, you know, or he sacrificed you himself killed him? you know, on Super Bowl. Oh, I didn't even know that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's actually... still alive in my heart. <laughs> the world went crazy, you know, like yeah. The yeah. People, yeah. people really cared. And we had like 11 billion impressions around Super Bowl just because people went, you know, crazy. And some people, my favorite tweet was like, you know, a lady was really sad about, you know, why those all those favorite things from my childhood keep going away. And, and so you absolutely are right. There's so much love for the brand and for Mr. Peanut out there. And we absolutely intend to continue um, to use that. To your point on nostalgia, that's also kind of the role that we've been playing. So if you think of moments like the holiday season, you know, we've been part of, you know, the holidays for as long as we've existed. And this year, actually, just late a couple of months ago, we launched during the holidays uh, a very nice kind of nod to that um, with a partnership with with um, uh, Reginald, um, really talking to and, and doubling down on the nostalgic piece of it. So if you think of particularly this last holiday has been very unique because we all missed the holiday before. And so we really yeah. wanted to kind of remind people of what matters most and really the substance of the holiday and what it means. And. Uh, what we did is basically wanted to really get to that nostalgic, you know, touch and, and Reginald was just fantastic. And, um, you know, the whole question around, you know, is Die Hard a Christmas movie and is it not? <laughs> that's why we wanted to partner with him and close that debate for good. But also more importantly, <laughs> really not to, you know, the the good times and the, you know, the holidays where we actually all always got, got together, families connected, generations connected. And so we wanted to really give a nod to that. And we, we did it be, uh, via offering consumers a chance to win a nostalgia box where, you know, we, we brought in all the, the things that, you know, people used to enjoy in the 80s, you know, in terms of games and, um, oh, and, wow. and obviously our delicious nuts so that, you know, people can share it with their kids and, you know, create stories and continue to create that generational kind of bond. So absolutely, you're spot on. That's part of our... Um, you know, strategy to continue to celebrate our legacy and heritage as a brand. 
so so that that does answer that question you're appealing to the parents who remember it and hoping they're going to pass it on to their kids all that kind of love um yeah. and it sounds like you really are leaning into the historic and nostalgic yeah. um brand but so that makes sense to me i endorse that i think that's good i'd love to pass that on i i do have those strong feelings emotional feelings about the brand and i think it's a healthy brand so i feel good about passing that on are you doing anything that's like taking into account modern marketing though like you know the the, the way young we were just talking in the last segment about the metaverse and you know ar and all this other stuff and the fact that the kids they don't know you were talking about the 80s i mean these kids were born in the you know in the 20s you know they're like they don't know all that nostalgic and so they have a whole different way of looking at things what you're describing sounds like building on the parents love and then having the parents translate it but mm. are you also doing something that caters to this younger segment mm. yeah so let me let me clarify kind of the our strategy and, and where we're coming from so yeah, it, it all that's starts I guess with, what i'm really asking <laughs> yeah it all starts with nuts and the adoption of nuts as a snack and as a food you know in your diet to your point and so if you think of you know nuts in the last like 10 15 years 75 to 80% of nuts consumption happens at the age of 40 plus. So oh, really our, our core wow. consumer is- That's you know, interesting. Oh, that, oh, that's crazy. That's if it's really so healthy, why don't people eat it earlier? And if you think about it, why do people jump there? Because they want to actually start, that's the kind of the moment, you know, where they start want to start making better choices in their food. They're more oh, mindful and purposeful about it. And so they start shifting towards nuts. That's what we're really seeing in the last five to 10 years is an accelerated movement where that point of adoption is actually going much younger as consumers are, you know, really become adopting the mindset of, you know, better eating, uh, more purposeful and mindful, um, you know, snacking. And so we are definitely seeing that millennials. But nut butter, nut butters have to be young, right? hundred percent. Yes. But nuts, it's particularly in, in the format that we offer as planters is, is definitely, you know, starting to really get exciting for millennials and for Gen Z. And so that's kind of our focus, huh. which is to really start kind of aging the, the category younger and bringing millennials um, into the category. And we're doing that via exciting um, innovation, both on the product and the packaging side. So we're starting right. to introduce more flavorful, tasty, delicious, you know, innovations that um, are, are exciting and with also new nut types. And we're also starting to introduce the right pack types that really fit with a more millennial, um, you know, lifestyle. That's so that's so that's kind of where where we're going with with the strategy. And again, talks to the growth potential for nuts as as a category and for planters particularly. So, America, so I'm curious. I know you were brought up by a mother who who you know was into health and wellness and things like that and and that now that he's saying that i guess i didn't eat nuts until i was an adult but i was, <laughs> I, I didn't realize yeah. that until he yeah. just said that but americas yeah. you were you've always been healthy did you eat nuts as a kid <laughs> you know what it's a great it's a great point barbara that you made and as i now reflect on it rafiq i think barbara's correct it's, it wasn't until later when we could like, you know, make these choices or we were motivated to make these choices that we would try to look for different, more healthy options. Um, and so I think that is interesting, but I wonder to what extent Barbara and Rafiq, what, you know, 
Is there a strategy to, and this is a great question because Barbara's act actually teaches a course on product design and product aesthetic and so, and so on and so forth. But I'm wondering, is there, is there ever a plan to kind of like modernize Mr. Peanut? You know, will one day, you know, will, he's got the top hat and the spectacle and the cane, but is that ever going to, I mean, how do you, how do you, you know, do you keep him the way he is? I mean, it's kind of maybe more of a tactical kind of design question, but it just it triggers in my mind, you know, what the what, whole idea of young versus old. Yeah, absolutely. Older, what yeah. Barbara's talking about. What are your thoughts, Rafiq? Yeah, I mean, I think you guys are spot on. And what was very interesting about Mr. Peanut, to your point, is he's extremely iconic. So every single piece of his design today is very iconic. If you lose some of those parts, you actually lose who he is and his yeah. identity mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. why people love him. So you actually have to be very careful when you're kind of dealing with, you know, such an icon, you know, of, of such a, you know, emotional association with consumers. And that's True. what we actually learned as we've activated around it. Yeah. So um, we absolutely intend to, to keep him, but we intend to keep him and have him play a much bigger role in storytelling and, Got you it. know, really represent the brand, link into, you know, the culinary expertise of the brand, tell the story about our ownable processes and ownable mm. flavors and, and really also become kind of, a, you know, an ambassador for the brand in, in the topics that are important for us as we kind of bring substance to, you know, snacking and to life. Interesting. And so Mr. Peanut, may, maybe his monocle will become a smart monocle, Barbara. It'll be a slow transition, you know? <laughs> Interesting. So tell us, Rafik, a little bit. We didn't start with this. We usually do, but I'm curious. How did you get into this whole business? Have you, are you a lifer with Hormel or do you have a uh, past life uh, in other areas? <laughs> so I, I came actually to Hormel with the acquisition of the planters business. So ah. I've been with Hormel Foods for the last uh, six months since we've uh, you know acquired ah. the business um, from Kraft Heinz. Um, I'm originally Egyptian. So I started back home in Egypt, went to college there and um, I've spent my 20 years of career in marketing, all in big CPG and all in food and beverages. So I started back home in Cadbury. Uh, I was working on chocolate and um, basically handling Cadbury dairy milk for Egypt and North Africa. And then I spent my next 10 years at PepsiCo. Um, oh, wow. So I was marketing though? Pepsi brand in Egypt. And then I moved to Dubai for a couple of years and I was leading their flavors portfolio um, for Middle East and Africa. So basically brands like Mountain Dew, 7-Up and Mirinda. And then I moved to New York and spent my next five years there. Um, I led Mountain Dew globally. And my last role, I was senior director for the 7-Up and Mirinda brands, as well as sparkling innovation uh, for PepsiCo. And then from there, I moved to Chicago, spent four years, the next four years there, two years with Kellogg, uh, leading their um, salty snacks business globally. So Pringles mainly. Um, and then oh my God, you're a Pringles guy. We do yeah. Pringles stories in our marketing 101. <laughs> and then I moved to Kraft Heinz like a couple of years ago and was handling snack nuts business, so planters, as well as some cheese and meat snacking uh, brands as well. So, so that's uh, my know, short, quick one. Yeah, that's like, that's not a short history. That's like a, an incredible global CPG history. So in impressive. our last few minutes, I'm really curious on your reflection on how marketing has changed um, over the years. I mean, you really have a really deep CPG history. Can you give us some big picture insights? That's a very good question. Uh, I mean, marketing continues to evolve. I mean, that's the, you know, that's the new reality day by day. And um, I think it's just exciting. It's exciting because consumers are demanding more in everything they do. And, and so, you know, you need to offer better products and 
offer them right there and you know convenience is becoming a big deal and so um it's it's really incredible how you know you need to really be on your toes and continue to uh you know deliver high quality products and you know be really in sync with times and with how consumers habits are evolving and so it's um it's really very exciting and obviously you know the the technology the media the you know um the different outlets for which consumers can actually reach their product is is very different than you know years ago and continues to evolve and so really keeping up with pace there is um, is pretty exciting cpg has typically been sold through the retailers and a lot of the marketing and stuff was at the point of sale in the retail store but now i know we've had pepsi on the show before and they've talked about how it's a lot more of this direct to consumer they have snack.com now they get data directly from the. we talked to the sports marketer and he was talking about how he gets direct data from the consumer so i don't think years ago you saw so much direct connection with the end user that was always done at the retail level but now the brands are really reaching out in a more direct way i mean i think in some of the campaigns that you were talking about are more direct to you know i mean you always had advertising but this is more direct touch with the end user which had typically gone through a retailer absolutely yeah. i think the direct to consumer is is kind of a you know, taking a very interesting swing. And I think big companies like PepsiCo, as you said, are starting to really take a much more active stand, you know, with it and kind of own their own data, own their own channels and, you know, cut, basically cut the cord and, you know, just work directly there. So it's it's pretty exciting. And as we're kind of embarking on this journey with Hormel Foods as well, this is definitely something on, on the horizon for us. Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing that in this supermarket with some of your competitors with your brands, much more of a direct to the end user kind of pitch, which is very different from a CPG point of view. Well, Rafiq, thank you so much for joining us today and your wealth of background and the excitement of your new campaigns. It's really wonderful. Where can our listeners go to get more direct information about your brands and what you're doing? For sure, they can access all our Hormel Foods, um, you know, apps and um, websites, as well as planters.com and our social platforms. Well, that's great. Thank you. That's all we have time for today. We're here every Wednesday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. We replay our show several times throughout the week. Thank you for listening today. We'll be back next week. Till then, this has been Marketing Matters. I'm Barbara Kahn, along with America's Reed, here on Business Radio Sirius XM 132. Thank you.